Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. You're listening to episode 13 and the faithfulness of others. Today, we're going to be asking and answering these questions. How can we encourage those around us? What if we can't find anything at all that they're doing well? And is there a way to increase their consistency in their actions without fussing or nagging to get them to do things? How many of you would love to find out some answers to these three questions? Well, In today's episode, we're going to tackle all three of them. We're going to talk about husbands and children and friends, co-workers. These different concepts are going to apply to really anyone that you may be finding frustrating or difficulty getting along with. And I just have to say, this is one of the most effective tools that we use in our coaching when people are struggling to find something nice to say to somebody else who's driving them absolutely batty. So before we get in to the, this conversation, though, I just want to back up and say that if you haven't listened to episode 11, all about the faithfulness of God and finding him real and actually feeling his faithfulness in your everyday life, then I encourage you to catch that episode as well. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode 12, which was all about focusing on seeing the faithfulness that you create in your own life, the consistency that you actually have. So often we only focus on what we aren't getting right and what needs work and the problems of others. And so last week's episode was all about taking time to really focus on what's going well, what progress have you made, what progress have the people around you made, and using that as a tool to really inspire you in your journey of building faithfulness as the fruit of the Holy Spirit into your life and getting a little bit excited to see the progress that you're making in that area. And so today, since we've talked about the faithfulness of God and we've talked about the faithfulness that we ourselves demonstrate, it's a natural next step to talk about the faithfulness of others. So that's what we're tackling. So in talking about this particular topic, I want to start this off by realizing that when or telling you a story about when I was a teenager. So I've alluded to this before, but I was not an especially easy teenager. I was definitely a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of personality as I was growing through my teen years. I had a lot of difficult transitions that were made in my younger teen years, but the bottom line is that I really struggled 
wanting to please my parents, do things that made them happy, do things that helped God love me, and also would feel like I was so unsuccessful at being able to accomplish those things that I would kind of like fall off the other side and say, why bother? Why bother keeping on trying to be respectful, trying to be obedient, trying to do the things that God asks of me if I'm never going to get it right? So forget it. I'm just going to go off and do what I want to do. And I would flip back and forth. And so as a result, I was a teenager that made a lot of poor choices and also was genuinely um, participating in church, really loved God, wanted his best for my life, and then turn right around and participate in civil activities. And I just wonder how many other people out there ha- can resonate with this, with this uh, dichotomy of being all in with Jesus and also giving up easily and losing hope and thinking, oh, never mind. <laughs> this is just too hard. And so the, the problem with this scenario, though, is that it's as a very unpredictable person. My parents couldn't really count on me to be all in and obedient. And a lot of times I was so rebellious that they didn't know what to do. And it, but when I turned around to be easy to get along with again, there was a hesitancy to really allow that to take place because they knew that it was only a matter of time before I was just going to pull the rug out from under them again. And so they kind of, I think, understandably held back in really believing that I was turning a corner or believing that I was wanting to do things the right way or wanting to follow God's call on my life, the direction that he was leading me in. And it created a lot of conflict between our between especially me and my mom. And then when my mom kind of turned over the consequences piece to my father, then it was a problem between me and him. And so it was a really messy situation. And my mom and I have talked about this since then. And we've talked about how one of her friends really encouraged her to give me a lot of positive feedback. And like, she needs, she needs regular encouragement. Mary really needs somebody telling her that she's doing the right thing. And I know from talking to my mom since then that her feeling in those moments was as soon as she does something right, I'll tell her. (laughs) And have you ever been that way before? I know I have. I know as the parent, I have been in these situations where I know what I need to do is find some way of being encouraging But I honestly cannot figure out what to say nice because I am so overwhelmed with all the things that I find annoying and frustrating and disobedient and all the things that they're getting wrong, all the things that they're that just make me furious. I can't come up with anything that they're doing that is positive. So if you have ever been in that situation, I encourage you not to lose hope because we're going to give you some practical stuff today to 
be able to actually take those very frustrating things and turn them into something that can be used to be encouraging. All right. So I'm giving you some hope that we're going to, we're going to use the very thing that's annoying for good. All right. So I'll share that secret tool with you by the end of this episode. So let's, let's talk about encouraging those around us though. We, we really encourage people around us by taking time to tell them what we see that they are doing well. People crave the praise and affirmation of other people. Now, I've heard about the love languages. I've taken the love languages. Um, and and I would say that my own, language, my own love languages kind of ebb and flow depending on which tank feels the most empty. That's honestly what I think it is. Uh, I'm not a big acts of service person until I feel like that no acts of service are actually getting done and I really need some help. And then when somebody comes along and helps me in those situations, it's like gold. And I just think it's wonderful. Um, I love gifts, especially if they're really meaningful. But if I've gotten a lot of gifts and somebody hands me a gift, it feels like no big deal. However, if I haven't been given a gift in a really long time and somebody really thinks through what they're giving me and they hand me something, I think it's wonderful and it really means a lot. I also tend to be a people pleaser by nature. That's something that I've worked, you know, it can be a strength and a weakness, but I tend to get really excited when people give me gifts because it's a really obvious way of sharing that they thought about me. Or that, um, or that they went out and actually did something while I wasn't around that was thinking about me. And that lets me know that I'm making somebody else happy. And so the gifts thing is a big thing for me. But then also I noticed that when I haven't been told in a long time that I'm doing a good job, I just crave somebody saying, Mary, you're a rocking awesome mom. Or I just want to let you know that I really appreciate the meal that you've made. Uh, Lately, my son, who has been going to college classes a couple of times a week, has been really um, faithful to say, Mom, thanks for driving me to class on a regular basis. And I love it every time. I never get bored of hearing him say, Thank you. And I really would, uh, I really think that none of us do. None of us get tired of hearing other people tell us that we've done a good job. None of us get tired of hearing that what we're doing is valuable. I don't care what your love language is. It feels good to hear that you're doing something right. Now, The one exception I would say is that I have experienced that if you haven't heard any kind of positive feedback for a really long time and or you've been busy telling yourself negative things, then hearing positive feedback, having somebody come along and give you a compliment actually feels really uncomfortable at first. And so it doesn't mean that you don't like words of affirmation. What that means is that you have such a deficit that you've forgotten that it can feel good. 
it feels uncomfortable. It's not normal to have somebody tell you something that you've done well. And so you don't really know what to do with it. It's just a kind of a foreign concept. And so if that's a feeling that comes up for you when you get praised or somebody tells you something that you think that they think you've done well, then I encourage you just to try it on like a piece of clothes. Like, oh, what if this was something that could feel really good and comfortable? What if I just said thank you and practiced enjoying it? You know, I think a lot of times it can be very easy for us to either get familiar with telling ourselves negative things so that so much that that only feels comfortable or if we've ever been told that we're doing a good job and then we've been blindsided by someone turning right around and saying, actually, you're fired or somebody said something to our face about how great we were. And then we heard through the grapevine that they actually thought that what we were doing was terrible or they were making fun of us. When we get into that situation where we're not really trusting people, we kind of we start to hedge our belief around the positive comments that people say, and they can't really get in anymore. And so I encourage you, if that's you, or if you have someone in your family that struggles in this way of really believing that those people actually need more positive feedback, not less, because what needs to happen is that the they need to get more familiar with hearing that they're doing a great job or that they're a wonderful mom or that you're really proud of them and you can see that they're working hard. And of course, there's the other love languages. There's the quality time, which I'm a big fan of on a regular basis, unless I've been spending tons of time and then I want to break or um, so let's see what we have acts of service, Oh, and physical touch. Physical touch is another one that when I had little bitty kids, I was totally touched out and like, please do not like, I I don't want you to even brush my shoulder. But then there would be moments where I really, the most delicious feeling in the world would be if somebody would just come up and give me a hug. And at other times it would be, keep your hands off of me. So that one can kind of ebb and flow. And I think especially for mothers when they are wrestling children, little kids all day, having people sit in their laps, nursing, carrying babies all day long, it can be, it can be kind of a touchy thing. (laughs) Touchy. That was unintentional. It can be a little bit of a risky thing to wonder, okay, do they actually want some sort of physical affection or is she, would it be more helpful to just sit next to her and, and be kind, or maybe it's just about hold my hand rather than rub on my arm. Um, The other one that my kids used to always do that would really just get me totally touched out was I don't, I don't know what it is about standing on the parent's feet Any other moms out there can resonate with the kid coming along and like, oh, here's your feet. They must be for me to stand on. And they'll like give you a hug or they'll stand in front of you and and stand like, what is that? And so my 
when my kids were little, my toes would involuntarily curl up underneath my feet in order to avoid being stepped on by my little children. But that would suck out all of my capacity for, you know, any kind of physical touch (laughs) in an instant. And so definitely love languages are important, but I do think that everybody needs some of all of them, not just oh, okay, mine is gifts, and so I only want presents and nothing else. Or mine is acts of service, and so I only want you to do things for uh, for me and nothing else. That's not really the way it works. <laughs> so I encourage you to, to use all of them, and especially don't neglect this words of affirmation to each other, to the other people in your family, because... We all have words that we're telling ourselves in our head. And a lot of times, if we could hear the replay of what other people are saying to themselves, it would be so discouraging. We would hear them them beating themselves up. And I have been guilty of this. Like my running commentary in my own brain, just a total negativity. So... People are craving your positive affirmation, your encouragement, your feedback that they're doing well, that they can keep going. Just like at the gym and the the trainer says, hey, you got this, keep it up. And it's encouraging. It's encouraging and, and we work harder and faster and longer when someone else points out they're doing a good job. So... So that's all about the importance of encouraging the people around us. But let's talk about this. What if you can't find anything to say business? All right. You're like, hey, yeah, Mary, I would love to point out how consistent my kids are. But right now, the only thing they're consistent is, is uh, sleeping in in the morning and not getting out of bed when they're told. And they're pretty consistent about leaving their dishes all over the house. Also, they're pretty consistent about leaving their shoes all over the living room. And they're pretty consistent about never feeding the dog. So, good job. (laughs) Well, I've got some encouragement for you today. There is a way to look at their weaknesses and see strength in their weakness. And I'm going to show you how. All right? Because a weakness is simply a strength that is improperly applied. A weakness is a strength improperly applied. So if whatever they're doing was applied correctly, we just ask, what would it look like? Let me give you some examples. Let's say you've got a child that just takes absolutely forever to do a job. Well, if that is a weakness that is a strength improperly applied, what would the strength be of a person Who is taking forever to do something? Well, the strength of that is things like they're more likely to be thorough. They're detail oriented. Maybe they're being careful. They exhibit a calm attitude about how they do their work. Those are all strengths. It's just that if they're taking absolutely forever to do something that needs to be done quickly, this strength is being improperly applied. And so there's positive things there that you can be encouraging with. 
like, oh, you are such a thorough person. You really are give a lot of attention to detail. And I appreciate that. I love how you are willing to persevere no matter how long it takes that, you know, a person who is taking forever to do the work, but actually still doing the work has some incredible focus ability. So those are some ways that you can see like, okay, this is a weakness. And but it's, um, it's just two sides of the same coin. On one side, it's a weakness. On the other side, it's a strength. And how does the strength show up? Let's take another one. Let's say you have a a kid who is just always arguing. I definitely have some of my own children who are expert, expert arguers. (laughs) They can fight about anything. And so if you've got a lot of bickering going on, how can that be seen as a strength that's just being improperly applied? Well, one aspect is, those children are not going to just roll over and swallow stuff that's that doesn't make sense to them. And that can be a gift in a lot of other situations. You've also got somebody that really wants to understand why or really be right. And the encouraging thing about somebody who's really interested in being right is that as soon as they figure out what's right, they're going to stick with it. And so there's going to be some dedication to the values that they build because they're not going to just do it because somebody else told them to. They're going to wrestle it until it's something that they know that they want to do and that is the right thing to do. And so there's really some tenacity there that is valuable. What about if you've got a child that is always breaking things? I had, I have had one child and we've, He's given me permission to talk about any stories from his childhood that that I want to. But um, Jefferson did this when he was little, all the time. Every time I turned around, he was breaking something or destroying something. And he really wasn't doing it intentionally. It would just happen. And it was a total surprise to him every single time. Like, what? I had no idea that practicing centrifugal force with a flour container was going to end up with flour all over the kitchen. What? That totally surprised me. So those kinds of things were really a weakness that he had because he wasn't thinking things through. However, the flip side of his accidents and mishaps really is that he is incredibly creative and, and had a lot of innovative ideas. And those are really coming out to, to positive things later in his life now. So there's all kinds of things. If you've got a child that won't shut up, they're also somebody who probably is really good at making conversation with people that other people find difficult to talk to. They probably make friends very easily. And that's such a positive thing. If you've got kids that are too rowdy, that are too aggressive That's the weakness for a person who is also really high energy and willing to exert a lot of endurance and physical strength in order to be able to participate in things. If you've got a slob and somebody who doesn't clean up a bunch of stuff, 
you probably also in that same person have somebody who's incredibly flexible, who probably overlooks the faults of others really well. Because if they're a slob and they don't clean up, they probably are willing to let other people show up the same way in a lot of areas. Maybe you've got somebody that just lays around while you do the work. Maybe they come home from, maybe your husband comes home from work and he takes a break and expects you to clean up everything else. And that can feel like a weakness when in reality, the strength that is there is that he's really clear that he needs a break and he's willing to prioritize that. And maybe it's a strength that he has that you get to practice too. Like, Hey, he's coming home and taking a break. I'm going to do what I need. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that I can take a break too. And then we can work together later. So there's all these different ways that we can turn a weakness into a strength. Now, let's say you've got something that's really nagging you that you want to see change and you don't really want to keep nagging because frankly, let's just be honest. It doesn't work. Nagging doesn't work. Well, the encouragement here is praise, praise, praise. As soon as you can find even the smallest nugget of something that somebody does that is what you like and what you're hoping for, even if it's just a small step in the right direction, tell them how much it means to you. Now, there's a right and a wrong way to do this. If you actually want it to build their enthusiasm for showing up and doing things that make you happy, then here's the wrong way to do it. Let's just take this scenario of the husband coming in and he sits down to rest or play video games or take a nap while you're still working your little tush off on dinner and helping with the kids and all this business. And you really are, maybe you even feel resentful about him not participating. Here's how not to do it. Wow. Thank you so much for recognizing that you need rest. I'm so glad that you get all the rest that you need. Do you hear like the sarcastic tone in that? And just, um, you know, that, that anger underneath. Additionally, if Let's say you want to praise the fact that they did actually do something. Let's say he comes in and and he actually answers a couple of questions from the kids about their schoolwork before he goes and sits down. Oh, so you paid attention to somebody else before you sat down and rested yourself. Good job. That sarcastic biting tone is not going to help you. In fact, you can be sure that he's just going to do whatever he jolly well wants to, which is probably going to be actually just continuing to focus on himself and do what he wants to do. Because if he put out any kind of effort to help you and you still fussed at him about it, why bother making it like putting out more effort? What he what that just says is that If he puts out additional effort to help you, he's going to get more negative feedback. Doesn't really want that. So so when we're praising people, it's really important that it come genuinely from the heart. And this is where we just have to ask God for help. We ask God for help to really be genuine. 
And so if let's take that same scenario, the husband comes in and he says something really, uh, he answers a couple of questions for the kids. And maybe that's the only thing he does. But if you take a minute later in the evening to say, hey, I noticed that you helped two of our kids with their schoolwork when you walked in the door. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for just giving them a little support. Now, is it probably is it going to change overnight? Probably not. But you keep a pattern up about that and he will remember, oh, she really actually liked it when I came in and helped out. I could do that. That doesn't take very long. And he'll help. And then the next time he might help a little bit longer, like, oh, that wasn't really a big deal. I could probably take another question. And then you praise him again. Oh, my goodness, you did it again. That was so good. Thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate that. When we come from a grateful attitude and a genuinely thankful heart where we're noticing the effort that somebody else puts into something rather than how we feel like it ought to be like 20,000 times more, when we notice the 1% from our perspective that they're putting in that and we really acknowledge that, that is some massive momentum, motivation, incentive for that person to do the same thing again. You know, one time I heard someone say, well, I don't bother telling them thank you for washing the dishes because they washed their own dishes. I shouldn't have to say thank you for them washing their own dishes. Well, you know, you're probably right. You shouldn't have to say thank you for somebody washing their own dishes. But what result are you hoping that you have? Well, I would hope that they would keep washing their own dishes and maybe one day they'll wash somebody else's besides their own dishes. That's the result I hope to have. Okay, well, if you want that result, then acting like you have a right to their washing the dishes is not going to get you there. But acting grateful and appreciative of their hard work is. It will help you. If there's anything that's going to help you, it's going to be gratefulness, expressing appreciation for the person, whether you feel like they should be doing it or not, like doing it without your affirmation or not. It's all about what, what do you actually, what result do you actually want? And so we can praise people into new action and new ways of participating in the family. The other thing that's a little bit sneaky, and you have to be a little bit careful with this, but sometimes you can take a quality that a child or a spouse, I don't usually use it on my spouse, but a lot of times I use it with my kids, um, that maybe they're kind of weak in a particular area. And if you can find even the least little thing that they do to demonstrate the positive thing that you're longing to see and begin to tell them how great they are at that quality, they will begin to believe it themselves and act on that and begin to change the, the, what they think of themselves about that. For instance, one of my sons was really oblivious to other kids and other things around him when he was younger. He would just totally like, wouldn't notice things at all. 
And so I really wanted him to develop some initiative to learn to notice things that need to be done and do them without me having to tell him. And so I heard this con- con- this concept and decided that I would test it out. Okay, I wonder if I can complement him into a new way of showing initiative. And so at some point, he did something that I thought that actually showed a little teeny, teeny, tiny bit of initiative. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it was probably something like, after we've tripped over the same toy on the stairs for six times, he picked it up and put it at the top of the stairs so that it wasn't directly on the stairs. Aha, nobody told him to do that. He did it on his own. That shows initiative. And so I made a point to say, oh my goodness, you are so good at showing initiative. I just noticed that you picked that toy up and you put it up there on top of the stairs. Nobody told you to do that. You just noticed a problem that needed to be solved and you did it. Thank you so much. You are so good at initiative. And then I looked for a different one. What else can I see that he did that shows even the littlest smallest amount of initiative. And when I would find it, I would tell him, oh, you're so good at initiative. I just love the fact that you notice things and you just do them. That is amazing. And so I I did this. I found things that he would do. And gradually, the number of things that he did on his own initiative increased until one day when he was probably 15 or 16 and somebody else was asking him, what qualities do you feel like you're good at? He wrote down, I am really good at taking initiative. And do you know that by that time, actually, he really was good at taking initiative and he is to this day. He's good at noticing things that need to be done and doing them. But he didn't start out that way. And I did not nag him into it. I praised him into it. I praised that training into him. And that is exciting. It's possible for you to be able to praise people into new growth, new character. And I just want you to get excited about the possibility that this is a way you can change how your children behave without nagging them, complaining, giving them lectures. This is a different way. And I encourage you to just give it a try. It's not going to happen overnight, but let's be honest. Nagging them isn't helping anything overnight either, is it? Okay. So I encourage you to give this, give this a try. Find out what it is you're wanting the child to be good at, and then look for the smallest little bits that they're doing well. Now, The secret tool to really making all of this successful in your relationships is there's two things. Number one is to turn that weakness around. When you see a weakness and you're wondering how in the world do I praise this? Remember that on the other side of that coin is a strength and ask yourself, what is the strength on the other side of this weakness? How is this a strength just improperly applied that I can really pull out and praise them for? Because once you begin to praise them for the strength, then they will learn gradually how to properly apply it. 
And then the second thing that I highly recommend that is the, the absolute, I told you, I would tell you that this is a tool that our clients use and see massive results from in their relationships. But the tool that they use is to prepare ahead of time for what you're going to say positive to the other people in your life. And so I encourage you to really sit down and take some time coming up with what positive things could you say. Now, in our group, in the mastermind, what we do is we get really clear on a particular person that we want to focus on praising. And so maybe it would like, let's say I really want to boost my affirmations towards my husband, for instance. So I would write Brandon at the top of a page. And then my goal would be, can I come up with 100 ways that I could tell him something that he's doing well, progress that I've seen him make, how much I appreciate him, different ways I respect him, what attributes and character do I see him demonstrate? A hundred, can I come up with a hundred different things that I can say about him or to him about how he behaves or the contribution that he makes to our family or how he's dedicated to his work or what he does for exercise and health and how much that impacts his ability to be a good father and a good husband or his spiritual walk? What things have I seen him grow and change in that I can put down and as something that I could say that I appreciate him about. The cool thing is, is that if you get to 100, it's going to require some stretching usually. Even for people that we um, have good things to say about, 100 is still a stretch. And so it really causes you to think about just every single area of life where they're showing up in different ways. And then when you get ready to say something, things can more easily come to mind because you've already brainstormed them. You've already come up with things in every single way that he participates with your family. And so it's really easy for you to come back and like, remember, oh yeah, I thought he did a great job, you know, paying attention to the dishes after dinner, or, you know, he's really good at being consistent and going to bed at a reasonable time so that he can get up and do his work the next day. Or I just love the fact that he takes good care of himself, all kinds of things. If it's somebody that you're really struggling with, then coming up with 100 is even more important because you really need an arsenal of positive feedback that you can pull from if you are on a regular basis flaming mad with the person. <laughs> and so whether it's somebody that you feel like you're doing well in your relationship with or somebody that you're frustrated with, I highly recommend challenging yourself to a hundred different things. And if you really get stuck, one way that you can help get unstuck is by Googling positive adjectives um, and kind of brainstorming different qualities that the person demonstrates that you can add to your list. Are they fun? Are they engaging? Are they talkative? Do they, are they responsible? Do you appreciate their intensity in certain situations? Do you find them good at perseverance or um, 
or maybe they're friendly. All these different adjectives that really can help you build your list. And so then when you're prepared, you're able to, in those moments where you think, oh my goodness, what in the world can I say that's positive? You're better prepared to have something nice to say. And then the challenge is, can you share your whole list with them? You know, I'll leave you with this one last story. You know, one time I had a client who was working on a list for her daughter and she was coming up with this list of a hundred things. And I think she had finished the list, but she hadn't gotten around to saying the things to her daughter. And somewhere in between finishing the list and getting started sharing these things with, with her daughter, the daughter found the list and read the whole thing. Now, I don't really recommend just showing them the list. It kind of like, um, it, it's not a wrong thing, but it's, uh, it's not going to be as impactful as if you are pulling them out on a regular basis consistently over and over and over again. But, you know, the Holy Spirit knows best, too. And in this particular case, the daughter found the list and she read it. And with tears in her eyes, she came to the mom and she said, I had no idea. I had no idea that you appreciated me for for this many things. Do you, do you really like me that much? And the mom was just in tears, like, oh, my goodness, I love you so much. There is so much about you that I appreciate. And it really drew their hearts together. And they were able to, to like come together and realize that they were both on the same side, that they were both loving each other and that the frustration is just coming from a place of wanting the best and feeling like that both of them regularly fail at it. And so a chance to really get on the same page together about that was just gold. So if your kid or your spouse finds your list, can I just encourage you? Not the worst thing in the world. (laughs) All right. So that's a wrap for how to really focus on the faithfulness of others. We want to encourage them. We want to Look for ways that we can praise people even when we are tempted to feel like they're doing nothing right. And we can help them grow by praising them instead of nagging. And this is how using these tools of praise and encouragement and flipping their weaknesses around and being prepared with something to say. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want more episodes to listen to around faithfulness, check out fruitpursuitpodcast.com. Every month we do a different fruit of the spirit and we've got two more on faithfulness for this month. And you can check out the other two that we've already uh, published. I look forward to seeing you soon at Fruit Pursuit Podcast. Please leave me a comment, subscribe, Thanks for joining me today and take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. 
listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?